Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly along with Carl Mollison, founder and director of the Get Wisdom Project. Today's topic is overcoming love gone wrong. That's that's an interesting topic, Carl. I think one that many people will be interested in. Well, unfortunately, it's <laughs> it's something we have to reckon with all too often in life. All of the crushed love as youngsters up through the teen years and fighting our inner desires and trying to get a career going, perhaps. And then all through the subsequent years, finding the right person if we want to have a life partner and all that brings. Oh, yeah. There are many ways to, for love to go wrong all, all along life's journey. So we're going to talk about some of them today. It's, it's a rather important subject because love is central to human happiness. Indeed. Well, we got a lot to cover, so let's get on with it. Uh, U.S. Creator, what advice can you give to people who have lost a lover and are suffering from a broken heart? All right. And these are Creator's words obtained in answer to the question during a channeling session that I conducted. And this is what Creator says about a broken heart. This is one of the greatest of challenges and one of the greatest lessons people experience in life as a physical being. It is difficult enough being cut off from the divine family. But when a loved one in the physical is lost, especially the life partner in a marriage, it can be quite devastating and some will never recover happiness. The best answer here is to reach out for divine help. The power of prayer is vastly underrated, and there are deeper healing approaches available to people as well. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is very helpful for dealing with excessive or unrelenting grief from lost love, whether through accident, illness, or the love simply being unrequited, leading to a divorce or separation. Such a downturn will trigger many deep inner memories of prior karmic events of a similar nature. They will resonate and pile on to worsen greatly the emotional consequences. If someone has had a series of lifetimes with love lost through tragedy, the magnitude of an event in the current life will be outsized in its influence to the negative and can truly be devastating. This is the commonest reason people cannot bounce back when a love relationship is dissolved by a change of heart of one's partner or through a sudden unexpected passing. The available tools of the psychologist for helping people cope with such events will be of meager help because their reach will not be deep and extensive enough to resolve the deep karmic tragedies adding negativity to the current dilemma. The Lightworker Healing Protocol can do the karmic repair needed to remove this added source of trouble and negative energetic burden. The use of subconscious channeling with trauma resolution is the best type of therapy that can be done to further help a person cope with extreme suffering resulting from a lost love relationship. 
You know, Thoreau had said that most men leave men being people lead lives of quiet desperation. I think, you know, lost love is probably the number one reason for a lot of people. Well, and it it goes very, very deep. First of all, we're cut off from the greatest source of love in our lives, which is that coming from Creator. Then we come down, we don't have the twin flame designed by God for us specifically because that's off limits during physical life. We've talked about that in a prior program. So we start from behind, we're disconnected, and we're cut off from our usual greatest source of divine companionship and love companionship and have to struggle and make the best of things. So there's plenty of opportunities for that not to work so well. And for things to get in the way. And I work with many people on this very issue. And it's often prior life circumstances that they bring up in a trauma resolution uh, uh, session. I can imagine so. Uh, We'll move on to the next question because we've got a lot to cover. You ask creator, we see time and again adopted children seek out birth parents, even when the adopted parents are loving and generous in every conceivable way. Why is this? All right, and these are Creator's words in answer. This is commonly attributed to curiosity and perhaps a naive and exaggerated hope that somehow love can be restored and that this is only a sign of need for further healing of a perceived abandonment that continues to be painful and a wound to the psyche. While these are potential factors in the emotions of adopted children, the major reason by far in wanting to find the birth parents and make some kind of contact is an inner yearning and an inner knowing. There is something special about those individuals. It is a deep yearning for the soul connection once again to individuals for which there was a life plan that was thwarted. It is the significant past history of the child with the biologic parents from previous lifetimes as members of a soul collective who come together regularly during incarnations to share experiences and various roles with one another that underlies this deep desire to touch base. In essence, it is the deep inner desire to fulfill an obligation that was pre-planned before coming into the current lifetime. This does not imply there needs to be a reordering of the family structure to now favor the biologic parents in some way in spending time and furthering an association and a potential preference in the end for their company. This is simply an inner yearning with very deep roots and to simply honor this by making contact is in a sense closing a circle and that can be enough to satisfy the adopted individual that they had a sort of meeting of minds and connected to the soul of that mysterious figure who played such a significant role in their lives. It need not be a threat to the adoptive parents and their importance. If people were aware of the long and deep prior history with life being a series of incarnations with all sorts of players from a large soul collective, There would be less need for being possessive or feeling threatened by such an inquiry. It is only natural and is true for every human being. One has had other family groups and other marital partners among many other lifetimes. This is fascinating because it seems the the true connective glue here 
is spiritual and not physical, not chemical, not yes. uh, inherited biologically. Yes, absolutely. This is love in action, love on the march. Every day, all day long, for all of us, it is the number one force in the universe. It has the greatest source of power, and it is an imperative to seek and experience and share love through giving as well as receiving. That's, that is the art of living in action and the art of soul stewardship. Well, the next question uh, gets back to the twin flame issue, which is it's kind of a fascinating one in its own right. You ask creator, what was the reason for the magnetic attraction my client had in school with the woman who was drawn to him but wouldn't let him near her? Were they twin flames? Yes, I agree. This is fascinating. So this is what creator says about this person's dilemma. This was a twin flame encounter that was not supposed to happen. Each party here has an independent life mission of great importance to undertake. To come together as twin flames would jeopardize jeopardize both missions because it would present a huge distraction that would likely derail plans in motion by both parties. Their future would inevitably be constrained by the high priority given to that love relationship, its care and feeding, and there would be a greatly diminished desire to sacrifice the self in service to the light. This is a good illustration of the wisdom in restricting proximity for such figures while in service as a divine human in the physical. There is serious work to be done as a living human on earth, and that need not be risked by temptation too great to withstand. The great lesson here is not that humans are condemned to live lives of deprivation, but rather the opposite, that when your service here is done, Many wonders await you in the afterlife, one of which is having freedom to enjoy deep love relationships, especially with the true flame, the greatest and most compatible partner one could ever imagine having. That is an experience that greatly transcends anything possible to experience by two humans while in physical form. When a person encounters their twin flame, the chemistry will be quite intense, if not overwhelming. But that is still a pale reflection of the sparks that fly between light beings who are truly meant for one another. This, too, is part of Creator's plan, to live in joy and to have this available to all. It is yet another example of the tragedy in losing one's connection with the divine realm. You can see the contrast here on the part of the extraterrestrial interlopers who have lifespans measured in the hundreds of years and up to one million years in length in the case of the Anunnaki, who all the while are deprived of such delights by being in a mere physical existence with all its limitations and furthermore being heavily corrupted by dark spirit manipulations to be in a loveless existence. Everything pales in comparison to that ideal and is an object lesson for humanity to consider with the increasing growth of the secular perspective and abandonment of belief in the divine realm. It is a slippery slope from which you may not recover if healing does not happen quickly enough. 
But this is a practical example of why the goal of healing humanity holds great rewards. You know, it's interesting. Most workplaces really discourage like spouses working together in the same department or even in the same company, or they have prohibitions against coworkers dating. And it's interesting that it appears the divine has the same rule for twin flames in that regard. That's too distracting. Yes, yes. Well, this is a good analogy, and one can imagine why this person described an overwhelming desire and just totally preoccupying their thoughts. They were in school at the time and hardly able to concentrate, and it was just a huge distraction and an eventual source of increasing torment because it was love denied. Mm-hmm. So this this happens to many folks who find someone they're drawn to and then it never works out. They're rejected at the outset or maybe they have a short-term relationship and the other partner pulls away and they feel rejected and are left all alone now. And having had a taste of that, have a hard time recovering. So this is a serious deal. But there's many clues here about the importance of life, what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah, love is the goal, but we have to get to a hate-free world Yes, and a world free of the interlopers who are manipulating us to hold us back and hold us down. And we, we talk about that on a fairly regular basis. So, well, There's a little more clarification on this particular case. You asked, Creator, it seems clear that twin flames can sometimes come together even though it might not be planned. So if the divine is not planning it, who is? Okay, and this is what Creator has to say. The case you were asking about was a situation where the twin flames were incarnated simultaneously, although not to be together in a relationship or to meet ever, as that would tempt fate. This was done for reasons of a compelling nature because of the importance of their respective life missions to be undertaken. So the potential risk of bumping into one another was tolerated as a secondary consideration. The fact that it happened was not orchestrated by the divine, but by the parties themselves. The yearnings for love each held in their heart were very much in harmony and intuitively resonated and act as a kind of siren song that drew them together to formulate a similar plan to be near one another, despite the pre-planned goal of being separate for an entire lifetime. This, too, is a testament to the power of love, especially as expressed on the twin flame level, to overcome obstacles to its expression. So that was a calculated risk, and there was a meetup. But fortunately, the two had strong inner feelings it was not permissible to engage with one another. That was a strong message from the higher selves, as well as from Creator, to stay on task and meet the pre-planned life obligations and not engage in a self-indulgence, however compelling it seemed energetically. The two can take pride in standing strong and having the inner courage and strength to stay committed to their primary goals, even though neither one was aware consciously of this. It was a product of the deep subconscious with messages from the higher self of encouragement and reminders, but they both had to follow the advice independently because this was not mandated or forced on them. Human beings are always free agents, no matter what. They may be encouraged, 
They may be reminded. They may have things orchestrated around them to happen, to encourage them to take advantage of opportunities that would lead them on their correct path. But they must still act and must sometimes make choices and choose the correct option to avoid complications and missed opportunities. So both the man and the woman in this example deserve high praise and full credit for sticking to business. You know, I noticed uh, a sentence in here. There was a strong message from the higher selves, both of them, as well as from creator. So in essence, it took an act of God to keep these two apart. (laughs) Well, there you go. And the, the ironic thing that people are always surprised about from our work that we learn all along the way and almost everything we ask creator about it's, it's that humans are the rulers of their kingdom. We're in charge here, not the divine. Yes, we were created by the divine, and it's a, a kind of a divine project, and it has margins, it has an ongoing support and encouragement, but we're supposed to do it. <laughs> we're supposed to make it go. We're supposed to make all the choices in how we proceed for better or worse. And that's what we've been struggling with all through recorded history and before. It's been a nip and tuck enterprise with many obstacles put in our way. That's part of the challenge. It's part of the learning and growth. So we do have huge personal responsibility. So there's an but object. The thing, Let's, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Carl. Well, the, the, the one thing I would point out here about this is that we have very, very short lifetimes. It seems yeah. like a long time to some of us who may no. be suffering. <laughs> but, you know, even 80, 90, even 100 is, years is, is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing in the, in the con- concept of eternity or eternal life. Many of us have souls that were in existence prior to the creation of the current universe. So that's billions, billions of years. I think an object lesson here is, you know, a lot of people, when they encounter this uh, concept of the twin flame, obviously pine for it, hope for it, wish for it, probably even pray for it. You know, it's compelling reasons why it's not allowed. You know, it's it basically creator said that it's, it's almost never planned, which means that, you know, we live some 400 and some lifetimes, you know, on average, most of the people will never encounter the twin flame in any of those lives. You know, it's yeah. extraordinarily rare, but nevertheless, it's a good window into what waits us in the afterlife. Yeah, absolutely. And don't feel too bad because each person I am told has approximately a hundred very, very suitable candidates for life partner who will love them and they can love with great satisfaction and joy while they're here. And there are people arranged to come together for you. And you just need maybe to do a little prayer work if that's not happening right now, or do some healing on yourself to get your own obstacles out of the way of the divine plan. Well, we're at break time again, Carl. So check out us at getwisdom.com. Get the the prayer book. You can download uh, getwisdom.com slash prayer. And we're going to come together again right after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Listen for Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit, hosted by Dr. Dory Lynn. Dr. Dory is coming back, sexy, savvy, and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience. It's not retirement, it's refirement. It's fun, it's deep. Listening just makes you feel good. If you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world, be sure to tune in to Dr. Dory and Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Make an appointment listening right now. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to the segment segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about overcoming love gone wrong. And what can go wrong? Well, how about infidelity? That's a biggie. And we're going to get the divine view on that right now. Yes, well, this this is uh, what people sometimes think of as a day of reckoning. You know, when they they <laughs> uh, are tempted to maybe cross a line of uh, moral uh, uh, righteousness and uh, flirt with uh, the negative side of things, and then fear retribution, fear yeah. divine judgment, and so on. And God is never judging us, but also the universe has a built-in mechanism to see where you cause harm to yourself or others. So it's important to know the nuances here. So we'll get into this. It's a complicated subject. We'll do our best to do it quickly, though. Absolutely. You ask Creator, what is Creator's perspective on adultery and promiscuity? All right, and this is Creator's words. We see marital vows as a sacred pact and recognize that such sacred pacts are not to be treated lightly. They are meant to be absolute. So if such vows are broken, there will be consequences. It is inevitable there will be loss of trust, wounded sensibilities, and a likely loss of affection and respect towards the offender. This is something people will simply feel, but it is based on the divine path that depends on people honoring their word and the need for people to come together in long-term love relationships in order to conduct the business of life, which includes forming family units that are stable and based on permanent love bonds, holding the relationships together through good times and bad, and allowing stability for the successful raising of healthy offspring that can take a meaningful and effective place in society and continue the growth 
and evolution of the human enterprise. Life in the physical realm is not easy, and there needs to be stability of relationships and a spiritual focus to be the most successful one can. This is not aided by taking vows and then breaking them. That will undermine things in serious ways. So it is a transgression that is not punished by the divine, but will be reckoned with through the law of karma to require a rebalancing on the part of the transgressor to, in some way, make up for the betrayal of trust their actions represent. So some karmic harm will come to such individuals because of their neglect of and hurting of someone who they pledge their loyalty to, but betray through an act of adultery. There are situations where people are married in name only because love has waned and people are only going through the motions. There may be a strong desire to maintain the facade of being in a happy marriage for the sake of the children. And that can be a blessing in some situations, but all too often the children see through the sham And this adds much confusion and fear because they are living a lie and a witness to the false circumstances played out by the parents right in front of them. It would be better in most cases for people to honor their feelings and have a separation and help the children understand and deal with the reality of things when love fades or there is a breach of trust that makes a further relationship unworkable. These are difficult situations to be sure but need to be dealt with openly and honestly to minimize the damage to the young, looking at the parents as role models inevitably. Much damage will take place if the parents are neglectful of their marital duty and responsibility for ethical conduct. But in marriages that essentially are empty, finding love elsewhere is not a serious karmic breach in the sense people have an obligation to their own soul to give and receive love. This is the way you express being a true divine human. When denied this outlet, there is a strong yearning and desire to seek it somewhere else. To do so, if it is kept secret and does not hurt the other party, is a minor transgression because it does not hurt the marriage partner and rewards the soul of the person who does find love in a clandestine relationship. This is clearly not ideal because it still will be circumscribed, will be difficult to manage, and carries with it great risk in causing harm through the betrayal of trust it truly represents. So this would require some extenuating circumstances that can be defended from an ethical perspective because the desire is to maintain a relationship, perhaps to be the custodian of, uh, custodian of someone who has serious impairments but cannot truly represent a marital partner in all respects because of dysfunction. In that situation, one may be honoring their marital vow to stay on duty but naturally will yearn for love and intimacy and may give in to temptation and develop surreptitious relationships. If that is done without causing harm to the partner, that is a minor transgression from the divine realm's perspective. So things must be dealt with on a case-by-case basis, because the honoring of love is what is truly important here. This is not the same as sanctioning polyamory, 
where people have multiple partners within a marriage. Thinking this simply adds variety and is healthy if people are secure about their own value and do not feel threatened if their, par- if their partner engages in amorous relationships with many other partners on occasion, as opposed to having a long-term relationship. But the latter occurs in many cases as well, where there may be men with multiple wives and sometimes couples intermarry and attempt to live together. So there are dual wives and dual husbands and so forth. What you will see if you look close enough is there will inevitably be a lack of full bonding, a full acceptance, and a full development of love to any of the partners. So in essence, what is going on is an incomplete love relationship being compensated for by having multiple partners each of which is a relatively superficial relationship. So it is, in effect, a compensation for a less than desirable lack of deep bonding and deep love. So it is more a symptom of a problem than a solution or a desirable lifestyle. You know, this whole conversation reminds me of a passage I read in a book by Dr. Viktor Frankl, The Doctor and the Soul. He had a client that um, had engaged in an infidelity like decades before, and he was devoted to his wife, had lived with her whole life, but felt immense guilt at not at having this affair, and he wanted to confess it to her, and the doctor implored him, please don't do this, he'll destroy her. He went ahead and did it, they ended up divorced, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, so you, you have, you know, the divine perspective here basically underscores what the doctor's advice was, you know, yes. take care yes. of your partner. Well, and, and there you go. I mean, the, the, the true spiritual path is one of integrity, but also one of forgiveness and one of wanting to do the least harm one can. Yes. So two wrongs don't make a right. Two sources of harm do not solve a problem. They make it worse. And so you're seeing here in creator's words that it's not so cut and dried. It's not so absolute as many of the religions will tell you. You know, if you do this, you know, it's a mortal sin, you're done. You're toast. There's nothing you can do now. You're going right down to the hell and that's not that that black and white. (laughs) And And what does that do? That just harms you further. And it also further wounds a spouse potentially. Because now she's living with someone who's going to hell. You know, (laughs) how does that help? I don't think that it does. So it's not what we're hearing from creator as we pursue these touchy subjects no we're hearing from creators so things must be dealt with on a case-by-case basis because the honoring of love is what is truly important here yes all right so you went on to ask creator what is the divine perspective of the use of pornography can it be both a harmless outlet for sexual gratification and a cause of harm well and you you know of course uh, all of you out there people Some people view it one way, some people view it the other way, you know, it kind of is a black and white issue. And just like with infidelity, there are nuances. It's conditional. So here's what Creator says. This insightful question encapsulates our overall perspective quite nicely, that we hold no narrow view of such things. With the variety of human experience, interests, and the need for a safe outlet for sexual feelings, it is often the case people are stranded without a partner, 
in some cases on a lifelong basis. But even when one is married, there might be times when a partner is unavailable or disinterested for health reasons or emotional conflicts that might need time to resolve so a person feels interested in an intimate encounter once again. In the interim, what is their partner to do if their desires have not flagged at all and grown to a point where it is a significant distraction, as well as an unpleasant source of suffering at some point? In a sense, the use of pornography to facilitate a release of sexual tensions is little different from the built-in property of the mind to trigger a sexual arousal and a climax during sleep, giving rise to a nocturnal emission. This type of sexual experience is wholly involuntary. While the mind is a player, it is not done through willful choice, but rather a hormonal and emotional imperative to help the person keep in balance and not be overwhelmed unduly by their feelings. So it is both a safe and healthy outlet for pent up sexual feelings. To make a conscious choice for relief by turning to a pornographic picture or video that serves to arouse the viewer is truly little different. It is simply an adjunct for achieving physical release and not a betrayal of vows per se, unless there is great sensitivity on this subject and the partner has expressed alarm should there be an interest in pornography for reasons of being exposed to strict spiritual prohibition, religious prohibition by one's church, for example. If a promise has been made, it would be hurtful to violate that promise. We see that as the person's own choosing and something of their own devising, as we have no mandates or restrictions on sexual conduct as long as harm is not done to the self or another in the process. Any type of fantasy material that does no harm to the being or to others will not be judged by the divine realm. Even though some people find types of pornography bizarre, even a form of perversion, Like beauty, this is in the eye of the beholder. We simply do not judge such things. We would only say that if someone has sexual proclivities of a very narrow kind, involving something others would find unpleasant in a form of perversion, what is typically happening is that there is a distortion of thinking involved, both in the case of the people enacting such fantasies, as well as the viewer who finds it titillating. This causes no offense to the divine, but will in fact limit the participants in some fashion, because if one is focused on such topics, that will often be unnatural in the sense of deviating from love as the focus and will inherently be limiting in some respects. So in that way, perversion is its own punishment by causing some loss to the individual and their experience. Ultimately, they will lose out on things that are more enjoyable and more in alignment with the divine purpose for sexual feelings. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I've always looked at it was that, you know, perversion was a poor substitute for the real thing. Um, And a lot of this stuff, I think, uh, you know, comes together for people at a very young age, um, which is why it's, you know, very alarming to engage in a lot of sexual display with very young children. 
Yes. Well, there's there's many uh, ins and outs to this issue. There are many motivations. Some of it is habit. Yeah. People who are single and used to using pornography for years, maybe before meeting their their love and going into marriage, may have trouble shifting their focus for sexual arousal to an actual live human being. It's sure. just, this is part of the deal. Yeah. So it's a learning curve. And so there's there's many ways people fall into this. It doesn't necessarily have any particular significance to whether love is there for the partner. It's a matter of trying to cope with this inner urge and dispense with this buildup and charge and energy yes. and do it in a way that doesn't get in anyone else's face and be a problem for them, hopefully. Indeed. Um, it, it, it's an interesting topic. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one to talk about in uh in, or in, in collective company, because there's so many different um, perspectives on it. But well, it's, and it's some very of the, Yeah, and some of the judgment about it by religion is an inner knowing back in the day, maybe more so than today, that there can be a sinister force behind those proclivities and those urges, because that will be encouraged by any onboard spirit possessions of a dark sort. Sure. They will try to encourage the person to engage in sexual activity as much as they can handle because it brings more energy, more life force energy into the host, and yes. they tap that for themselves. So they will ramp up people's emotions of all kinds, good, bad, and ugly, in order to get more energy. So this could be another factor that pushes people towards a kind of a darker part of the spectrum and indulging in somewhat more risky uh, utilization of such outlets. And it, it's, it can be a source of uh, corruption behind it to a very significant degree and certainly enough on its own to get people going and indulging in this. And of course, it's not recognized by hardly anyone that this is an aspect of life. But 90% of people have dark spirits possessing them. This yes. is just a fact. This is where the whole idea of evil comes from, talked about in the scriptures. It's that force. It's not us. We can be corrupted and then act in an evil way also, but it starts with them, the dark spirits. And on top of that, you know, modern science doesn't really recognize the movements of life force energy within the biological being that is behind a lot of these urges. You know, there's, there, there, this really is a coupling of biology and spirituality is, is, is the sexual uh, chakras, essentially. Yes, yes. And, of course, this is also part of the lack of spiritual insight and spiritual teaching and training for life that the church falls down in delivering to us. They're working with ancient, outmoded, partial truths and limited descriptions about the major things in life and the obstacles as well. So we, we know little about the true workings of things. And our modern science only scratches the surface because they don't recognize the spiritual either. So they're always looking at a surface representation and have very little insight about where feelings and emotions truly come from what the origins might be and the influences that are there. 
I've always found that fascinating because in a very real sense, human sexuality is the elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, it, it yes. is a massive motivator, you know, and, and it, yeah. it really yeah. e- every human being is, is affected by it profoundly. Well, and of course, the big elephant in the room here, again, is the fact humans have been manipulated all through history to deny yes. their nature and to suffer. And what better way than to have religion teach you that your body is dirty and your thoughts are dirty and you can't do this, you can't do that, and you can't do the other thing because it's not natural, it's not accepted, it's unholy, and you will be condemned in the afterlife if you even get one and that that sort of thing. And yet those are just continue nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's all a lie. It's all a distortion. Yes, absolutely. Boy, we're up against another break, Carl. Um, check us out at GetWisdom.com. Look at the, our healing services that are offered. Uh, you can check them out on the menu. There's a healing drop-down, and you can check out the different uh, protocol sessions that we offer. Uh, also, check out the Lightwork, Lightworker Healing Protocol. Uh, you can download the Lightworker Healing Protocol summary at GetWisdom.com slash LHP. We'll be back with the final segment right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to the final segment, Get Wisdom. Uh, We are talking about overcoming love gone wrong. And just when you think we've gone over everything that could possibly gone wrong, well, (laughs) unfortunately, there's more. Go ahead, Carl. Well, we're going to talk now about the alien love bite. 
And I just want to put a plug in for an author, Eve Lorgan, who wrote a book called The Love Bite, Alien Interference in Human Love Relationships. It's a fascinating account of people who have had this happen to them, coming together and having just unconquerable desire for someone who might not be right for them, or it might confound a current ongoing relationship, but be so attracted, it gets them into trouble, or it keeps them in a state of bliss for a while, and then the rug gets pulled out from under them. And it actually is all a manipulation. This is one of the things extraterrestrials can do. So we want to get into this and describe what this is, because it also raises that crazy issue we talk about on a regular basis, because it is the number one problem facing humanity. There's no way to get around it. We can't tiptoe out of the room and whisper to ourselves and then come back. You need to know about these things. It's that simple. We're told this by the divine. And that number one problem is the extraterrestrial alliance. You asked, creator, we know of the alien love bite and that the extraterrestrial alliance has the means to arouse intense feelings in two people where they automatically see each other as soulmates, even when incompatible in almost every other sense. How can one see through the fog of intense emotion and determine that a love interest is truly divine in origin versus an interloper orchestration for dark purposes? All right. And this is creator's words. This is not at all easy because the power of extraterrestrials to do mind control manipulation is quite profound. When they engineer an attraction of this kind for surreptitious purposes, it will not be seen as such in most cases. It is only people who are quite awake to the existence of such phenomena who might see the signs in time to head off a complication that could worsen readily if such an attraction is not steered away from for self-protection. This is one of the difficult realities you face, that the power of the extraterrestrials is formidable. Their ability to manipulate is quite profound and not easily countered by the average person using their own energies and their own self-awareness. Because the way they are manipulated bypasses their own personal controls and therefore is a force greater than themselves. The best protection comes from having a good defense, being spiritual, and being an active partner with the divine in one's life to do regular prayer work asking for guidance, help, support, healing, and protection, all of which will allow the divine realm to actively assist if there is an intrusion by an alien manipulation of this kind so that it can be thwarted or deflected adequately and prevent the kinds of complications that otherwise would ensue. This is the best one can do, but it points to the wisdom in having a spiritual practice that makes regular requests for safety and protection both, as this is key to standing strong. Some can do this through their own strength of character and willpower, but enlisting divine support is always a good idea for everyone because anyone can have a low moment emotionally and become vulnerable. And there are many situations where a crafty strategy could catch someone off guard by doing something unusual and unexpected that has a sinister motive not in evidence, 
but eventually will represent an encroachment that has been allowed to take root. These are hard to see and defend against by most people. So the divine realm is your best hope in having an ally who can take steps to send you warnings. And this may well enable you to sidestep a problem of this kind by having an inner inkling something is not right. And then putting two and two together to see the potential for things getting out of hand. So you can make a wise choice about avoiding a further involvement. You know, the the partnership with the divine is the most important thing here. And I'm aware that the client that had the twin flame experience had asked whether his experience was twin flame or alien love bite. He literally didn't know. Um, So having that partnership with the divine to be able to sort this out is imperative. Well, here's the big elephant in the room again, poking its trunk up. Why do you think it is so many public figures, people with great fame, and many who love them and really respect everything they're about, get into mischief where they have a reckless liaison, let alone a romance, but it's sometimes it's a, an ongoing thing that gets started right yeah. under the noses of family and, and risking being exposed, even, for example, as a president of the United States, yes, a leader <laughs> in Congress, on and on and on, clergy people. Sure. This, is, this is an orchestration to happen. People aren't that stupid that they'll throw away their lives for some sexual uh, delights of a fleeting kind. And what makes it happen is a manipulation to entice them with a programming within of such great intensity of feeling, not just lust, but a true desire in all its dimensions, mm-hmm. that it's like a moth to a flame. That's what we're talking about here. And it is sinister. It's done to misdirect people, to give them complications in their life of many sorts. So they slow down, they're less effective in their career, or they get in trouble and they get sidelined, maybe even tossed out on their ear because it's viewed as unacceptable in in the public eye. I think, you know, one thing we know is that the interlopers are truly interloping. This is not their realm. And so the divine is going to give higher consideration to the human and their desires and their requests. So uh, aliens attempting a love bite, if if the individual that's being targeted is doing the daily protection prayers and, and is truly attempting to, to live with a divine partnership, they're going to have significant protection, you know. And, yes. and that's probably one thing that distinguishes this from the twin flame scenario is that yes. the alien love bite is a lot easier to cure. You, you can't really cure this twin flame scenario. There's nothing to cure there. That really is a, a tremendous bond that's just simply – that's simply divine. So you have to deal yeah. with that in a different level. But this is like a faux twin flame situation. But it's, well, it's actually fairly easy to correct. Yes, and, and we need to comment quickly on healing for these kinds of problems with our love life. Yes, and that's what we're getting to with the next question to Creator. We've talked about the problems. Let's get on with the solution. How can someone desiring a fulfilling love relationship use the Lightworker Healing Protocol to remove the barriers for themselves or others they may be involved with. All right, and this is what Creator says. We have learned this from Creator. 
we call it the Lightworker Healing Protocol to make it appeal to the New Agers as well as others wanting to do good and maybe not so comfortable with, you know, God's law and God's word and so on. <clears throat> but this is what Creator says. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is ideally suited to help with personal problems of this kind. What influences people in their love relationships primarily is the karma of past experience. And often the influence from other lifetimes is weighing heavily on them and may be triggered frequently by prior life experiences with the current life partner. It is very common for people in marriages particularly to have been in past lives together. This is because you travel in soul groups, exchanging roles in lifetime after lifetime, a parent, child, or sibling, and this applies to friends, important figures in one's life, and especially marital partners. There may be a series of marriages designed to work on particular issues, and when problems develop, the need is very critical to join up with that same individual to continue attempting to overcome the liability of past failures and restore balance and learn by doing how to be better at giving and receiving love. This is an all-important life skill and will serve the person throughout eternity again and again in new lifetimes among many worlds. It may well be the case that the life partner is more troubled than someone in a position to use the protocol or who has the awareness and interest to obtain services of a practitioner. If only one has an appreciation for the benefits of the Lightworker Healing Protocol and the other party is uncooperative through lack of belief or having well-entrenched beliefs about the need to only embrace conventional approaches, that is often a serious limitation rather than a logical and reasonable safe haven. Because this can be performed on others without the necessity of getting conscious permission as it is performed by the divine realm, with the permission of the client's higher self, it is, again, ideal to help a struggling relationship receive healing assistance on both parties. The ideal in any struggling relationship is to work on the problem from both ends and will enhance the likelihood of resolving impediments to further growth and happiness. A very serious component of struggling relationships is the overlay of dark spirit possession that may be going on for one or both parties. The spirit meddlers are adept in manipulating their host to worsen things, to stir up inner fears and anger, and will push the karmic buttons to reawaken many old problems and even prior past history when the couple may have been involved together before in another lifetime, and this can reawaken old resentments and add significantly to the stress in the current lifetime. By removing such spirit influences, as well as the many other steps for karmic repair and the house cleaning to remove the many accumulated negative energies from the environment and other people, this can return people to a more even playing field eliminate distractions, and promote a positive flow of loving kindness always available from the divine and an aspect of the very life force energy beamed into people on a continual basis. The key is what people do with that energy or what is done to it by interlopers. So the protocol will remove negative influences that are a kind of wild card in being an overlay on the workings of the world, despite what people bring to the party from their own individual past. 
Anyone can be corrupted under the right circumstances by spirit meddlers, and this will change their destiny in all likelihood. Many of the past negative karmic wounds getting in the way of current relationships were the result of a spirit meddler influence in causing trouble for a person. The ability to heal across time creates a very powerful approach to right the wrongs of the past and make the current lifetime come into balance and harmony so people can be their best in a love relationship, both giving and receiving freely with a balanced mutual sharing that is ideal. Carl, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week for more Divine Wisdom. Take care. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 